Um, this morning has been billed as fully interactive. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so I hope... <laughs> I've heard some people have been practicing their heckling for this morning. That'll be good. Right, so if you're a grown-up, I hope you've brought Bibles with you. If you haven't, I think we've got some spares around somewhere, haven't we? Have we got any spare Bibles around for those? Perhaps, perhaps the stewards can look into that. And if you are primary school age, there may be chocolate involved. Come on. Oh, so if you're primary school age, come to the front. Actually, do you know, if you're secondary school age as well, please do come forward because you can help me with what, what we're going to do this morning. That would be great. And can I just ask, are there any children... If you're here, mums and dads, are there any children who are allergic to chocolate or who can't have it? Because I have got jelly snakes with me. They're not very Easterish, but they are free of artificial colourings and preservatives. No, we're all all right with the chocolates. Good. Okay, that's great. Okay. Um, and I've got lots of children. And could I have a couple of mums maybe as crowd control? I think we <laughs> And you don't need to worry about turning your chair around because we are going to be all over the place. Now, this morning, we are going to do a sort of egg hunt, treasure hunt. I'm, shh, I'm going to give you clues and I'm going to ask you to work out what the clues mean so that you can find a piece of paper that's about that big with an egg shape on it but we've got to find them in the right order, no cheating you, uh, with, with some Bible verses on them. And then maybe that will give the grown-ups some clues as well to some treasure that they might want to find. Now, I'd just like to apologize right from the beginning about the clues that I'm going to give out. I want you to think of them as Christmas cracker jokes. And there's going to be a moment of bonding in the camaraderie of shared suffering as I give these clues out. Is that all right? Yeah, jolly good. <laughs> okay, right. So I'm going to say the first clue. Now, children, are you going to listen? Because I'm going to tell you the first clue. And this clue is about somebody that we know in the church. And it's a job they do. And they always stay in the same place. So you'll be able to go to them and ask them for that piece of paper. Are you ready? Of the music group, we couldn't be prouder. So go to the man who makes them louder. What might that mean? Can you go? I thank you. It was good, wasn't it? <laughs> right, okay. You were the first one, so you get first go at choosing an egg. Okay, so you choose an egg. And you can eat it. And then, can I make you Easter Bunny? So from now on, you're in charge of giving out the eggs. <laughs> That's great. Now, we've, we've got some verses here. And grown-ups, I'm going to want you to look them up. So somebody needs to look up. What's the first one? Genesis 1, verse 1. So somebody look up Genesis 1, verse 1. Can you read that second one? I, Isaiah. Isaiah uh, 44, verse 24. And somebody else needs to look up. Revelation 4, verse 11. Revelation 4, verse 11. So if you could look those three up. 
Right, would somebody like to stick their hand in the air who's going to read Genesis 1 verse 1? The gro- this is for the grown-ups. Today. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Isaiah 44 verse 24, there's one over there. Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. And Revelations 4, verse 11. Who's got that? You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Great. So we've just done a survey of the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, stopping briefly in the middle. And the bit I want, the clue I want you to pick up from that, is that the whole Bible says that God created everything. However you think he did that, God created everything and he took a special interest in creating every single one of us. It says he formed you in the womb. You are uniquely made by God. Whatever your parents planned or didn't plan, God planned you. You are unique. He made you. Right, next clue. Children, are you listening? Are you ready? Babies can be messy so we have to wipe their bums or when they cry they're taken here to cuddle with their mums where can you find it you found it oh brilliant well you get an egg you choose an egg and we need somebody can can one of you read out those verses do you want to read out a verse psalm 86 Verse 5 and 15. So that's Psalm 86, verses 5 and 15. And the second one is? Um, Psalm 145, verse 8 to 9. And the last one? Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. So have you got those? Psalm 86, verses 5 and 15. Psalm 145, verses 8 to 9. And Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Okay, who's got Psalm 86, verses 5 and 15? You are kind and forgiving, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Lovely. And Psalm 145, verses 8 to 9? The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. Good. And Zephaniah 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Lovely. And from those three verses... What that tells me is that God is full of love, full of forgiveness towards us. And especially that last verse, it gives me a picture of a small child starting to cry and daddy comes to the rescue, scoops her up. And in this case, God says he rejoices over us with singing. He's a loving God, a wonderful God. Right, the next clue. And let me just, children, can I just tell you that at the end... If you haven't found one of the clues, and if you haven't had an egg, you'll get one anyway. 
All right. All right. Shh. Don't tell anybody, though. Okay. Right. <clears throat> now, this is a slightly harder clue. It's about somebody in the church. And you might need to ask a grown-up, but see if you can guess it. They took the message of God's love to Thailand overseas. And now they're here to do the same as missionaries in Leeds. Can you think who that might be about? Well done. <laughs> oh, that's great. You tried so hard. I tell you what, you, you tried so hard. Have an egg anyway. Go on. That was brilliant. Okay. So um, let's move a bit down that way. Can you read that first one? That's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 7 verse 12. Deuteronomy. Yes, good. 8 verse 1. And Exodus. Exodus 12 verse 26 at 28. That's right. So it's Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 and Exodus chapter 12 verses 26 to 28. So has anybody got the first one? Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 12. Oh, there's one over here. Oh, okay. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. And Deuteronomy 8 verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Let's just stop after those two first. If we listen to those verses, there's something about being obedient to God so that things will go well for us. And I think about my children and I think there were times when I asked them to do their homework, and they didn't want to do it, but I asked them to do it because I knew that if they worked hard, things would be better for them in the future if they got the qualifications they needed to go and get good jobs. And there were times when, they, when I said to them, don't touch the fire, Andrew, because if you do, it'll hurt. Don't cross the road without looking because you could end up like strawberry jam. Because I love them. Because I care for them. And, and God is like that. He's not some spoil sport trying to stop us enjoying ourselves. There are times when he clearly tells us not to do things. It's because he's trying to stop us harming ourselves. There are times when he asks us to do things that maybe we're not quite so keen on doing. But he knows that in the future... Life will go better for us if we will listen to him and do what he asks us to do. And the next verse that we're going to read, which is Exodus 12, verses 26 to 28, I'm going to give Mark a breathing time to pass around the microphone, find somebody. Oh, have you done it already? Where's the microphone? Oh, who's got that then? Put your, put your hand in the air if you've got that one. Because this is about a, a rescue plan that God had for the people of Israel they were going to escape from Egypt, and it's about the Passover lamb. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, and when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. 
Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Good. They, they did what God asked them to do. It was this rescue plan that God had to rescue his people Israel out of Egypt. And it was only possible because of this Passover lamb. And I just want you to file that in the back of your head. There's something important about this because God talks to us in terms of pictures sometimes. And this is a picture of what actually happened, but it's a picture to us in the future of what happened later on. Right, another clue. Children, gather round. Gather round. I'm going to give you another clue. Are you ready? You ready? There's tea and coffee. Lots of chat. Let's go and have a look. They've got it already. It's by the place you play on games and catch up on Facebook. Right, should we go upstairs? Come on. Now, can you tell me what we've got in the way of verses there? If we sort of put it together, because in your enthusiasm, it's parted down the middle. There we go. Perhaps, perhaps I'll read it out because I've got the microphone. So somebody needs to look for John 14, verse 9. Somebody needs to look for Matthew 12, verses 48 to 49. And somebody else needs to find John 15, verses 14 to 15. Okay, um, Mark, if you could find somebody that's got John 14, verse 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? <laughs> Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Good. And Matthew 12, verses 48 to 49. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Good. And John 15, verses 14 to 15. <laughs> you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant doth not know what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known unto you. Jesus, when he was around on the earth, taught a lot in pictures, just the way that God uses pictures to help us to understand things. He, he told stories about things. He, um, he used pictures. And in all these verses, he's talking about relationships. He's talking about us being his uh, brother or sister or mother. He's talking about God being his father. He's talking about all of us being his friends. It's a relationship that he's talking about. It's not that God is some, somewhere way up high, out of our reach, a power that affects things and we can't do anything about it. But he's a father that we can come to and talk to. Jesus is a brother or sister that understands what we're going through. And he's a friend. He wants to spend time with us, talking to us, getting to know us. The other thing that... Uh, comes up in these verses is the fact that Jesus said, look at me. How can you say you haven't seen the Father? Look at me. Of course you've seen God. He claims to be God. Let's make no mistake about that. Jesus, when he was on earth, very clearly said, I am God. 
So when we look at Jesus, we see God. Okay, children, next clue. Sometimes I'm full of water and people round me cheer. Has just been baptised and said goodbye to fear. Do you want to have another go at reading those for me then? Isaiah verse 53, Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6. So that's Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 6. Hebrews 9, verses 14. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Zechariah 3, verse 4. And Zechariah chapter 3, verse 4. So if you find that, and uh, first of all we want Isaiah 53, Verses 4 to 6. Can somebody read that? They might be able to read it off the wall, actually, I think. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's Isaiah talking about the crucifixion. Now this was years and years and years and years before Jesus came on the scene. But God helped Isaiah to see what was going to happen in the future. And he talked about Jesus dying on the cross. So Jesus became the ultimate picture, if you like. You know, we talked about the Passover lamb before. Here Jesus was being the Passover lamb. He was a sacrifice so that we could escape. But when the Passover lamb was sacrificed, it was sacrificed every year because it wasn't perfect. But Jesus, because he was 100% God and 100% man, and he never did anything wrong himself, he never disobeyed God, He was the perfect sacrifice, so he only had to die once. This is God's rescue plan, the way for us to escape. So Hebrews 9 verse 14, who's got that? How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? Good. And Zechariah chapter 3 verse 4? Anybody got that? I can't see. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 4. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin, and I will put rich garments on you. Yeah. Now, children, can you tell me, I don't know whether your family is like this, but in our family, if somebody at the dinner table is rude or makes a rude noise... We say, you wouldn't do that if you went for tea with the Queen. Do you ever say that? No, it's just us that we're a bit weird. (laughs) It has worked in the past, I can assure you. (laughs) Because can you imagine if you got an invitation to have tea with the Queen, what would you do? Would you have a good bath and make sure you were really clean? Scrub behind your neck, and scrub behind your ears, make sure you're really clean. You wouldn't. You don't want to with the Queen. Fair enough. And Good lad. If <laughs> and would you put your best clothes on? Do you think you put your best clothes on? I think even though 
I don't do hats and handbags. I think I'd actually go and buy some new clothes and buy a matching hat and handbag. What do you think? Do you think if I was going to have tea with the Queen? Because she's quite an important lady, isn't she? Wow. And now I want you to think about this. What about being in God's presence? What about visiting God? You see, we can't be clean enough by our own efforts to be in God's presence because it talks about God being holy and righteous. He's completely love and holiness. And we can't be clean enough for that. And what would we wear? None of our clothes would be right. And here we read about Joshua, the high priest. The angel says to him, Joshua, I've taken away your sin. I've put fine garments on you. And it talks in the Hebrews verse about us being made clean because of what Jesus did on the cross. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves worthy of what Jesus did for us. There is nothing that we can, you know, pay enough money to make ourselves right with God. We can't do amazingly good things to make ourselves right with God or be good enough for God. It's only because Jesus died on the cross that he makes us clean. And then in other parts of scripture, it talks about him giving us clean clothes, fine linen to wear, richly embroidered clothes, because he loves us. And it's him that makes the clothes. It was him that made the first clothes for Adam and Eve in the garden. It's him that makes clothes for us that we are fit to stand in his presence. So it's nothing we can do. Nothing that we can work up. And that is true right from the beginning when we first come to God. When we first come to Jesus. And it's true now still. Right, I've got another clue which possibly won't be picked up by that little one over there. But are you ready? It's not that far to go this time. Opposite. <laughs> Shall I say the rest of the clue? Because I worked long and hard on this I want to hear the clue. Opposite, there's your special place with lovely squishy chairs, with crayons for drawing pictures of praise and paper to write your prayers. I thank you. <laughs> go on, off we go. Let's go into that corner. <laughs> right, I've got two verses here. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 and 12. Some of you, oh, one over here. And Ephesians 3, verse, verses 14 to 19. So, first of all, Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 to 12. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Brilliant. And Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God has good plans for us. When I said earlier that God had plans for your life when he made you in your mother's womb, they're good plans. He wants the best for you. He loves you. He's got a good plan for you. And he also wants you to fully understand and know how much he loves you. Because it's beyond our understanding. You see, we experience love from other people. And people quite often let us down. We have our picture of what love is like from how we were treated as children, from our parents, the people that we've met, the people that we've had relationships with. And they're always going to be imperfect, no matter how good they are. But God's love for us is completely unconditional. He loves you so much, you don't really understand it. But he wants you to be able to understand it. He wants to spend time with you, talking to you, so that you fully understand what his plans are for your life and how much he loves you. We've spent too long wasting our time, messing around, doing things our way. He wants us to listen to him and to find out what it is he wants us to do so that we can have a good life. Last clue. We're big and round and full of air. We're colourful as smarties. Don't squeeze too hard or I will pop. We like to go to parties. Right. Now. <laughs> what have you got? Now, it's not the same, is it? Invitation. What does it say on the front? It says invitation. It says invitation on the front. And just the first one, what, what does that first bit say? Psalm 23. Psalm 23. This is an invitation and it says Psalm 23. Does anybody want to... Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll read that one. Here's the invitation. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the invitation. Right, amongst the grown-ups, is there anybody who can tell me, in French or in English, what RSVP stands for? Oh, well, we got to just take the eggs out. If you think you deserve that egg, you put your hands up. If you... Répondez, s'il vous plaît. And it means, in English, we got to reply. Oh, we've got to reply. Oh, okay. I've got another verse here. Joshua 24, verse 15. 
What does that say? Somebody read that out and they can have an egg, if there's one left. There are some jelly snakes as well. Does somebody want to read that out? Joshua 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers, fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwelt. In whose land you dwell. But as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua had to make a choice. And today we've got to make a choice as well. What are we going to do? Are we going to respond to this invitation? Which gods are we going to serve? The gods that are all around us of celebrity, of materialism. The gods of doing it our own way, doing our own thing. Or are we going to decide to serve God? Joshua decided that he and his household were going to serve God. And really it's up to you. Because nobody can make you decide which whichever way you decide but as you've heard so many times this morning already it seems like God wants to put a message across here the invitation is there if you would like today to serve God and that means saying to Jesus I'm going to do things your way from now on thank you for dying on the cross for me I believe that that means that I can be clean and serve you then you have a choice to make today. And God says, please, make that choice. I think there is, that's the main choice is for those of you who have never known Jesus before. But I'm sure there are those of us who maybe God has pinpointed something this morning and you thought, I haven't been doing what he's asked me to do. Sometimes I haven't been wholehearted in what God has asked me to do. From now on, I'm going to be wholehearted. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And for those of you who are going on with God and and listening to what he says, the invitation is to just keep going. There's more. You can find out more. You can understand more about how much God loves you so that you're equipped to take that message of God's love to everybody else in the world who needs to hear it. And I just want to finish this morning by praying together it it would be great if we could all pray this first prayer together so that nobody feels awkward about saying it if it's the first time for them and then I'll just carry on praying and wherever it is that God is putting his finger in and going yeah I've talked to you about that or come on there's more because I love you so much then you go with that and you do business with God So if you repeat after me, Lord God, I realize that you created everything. I realize that you created everything. You made me, you made me, and made good plans for me. I ignored you. I ignored you. Went my own way. Went my own way. Did my own thing. Did my own thing. But now I realize realize that when Jesus died on the cross, cross, he did it for me. me. To forgive me for disobeying you. To forgive me for disobeying you. To make me clean. To make me clean. And give me a new start. Give me a new start. 
Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I want to live your way from now on. I want to live your way from now on. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. God, you're my father. God, you're my father. I want to understand. I want to understand. How much you love me. How much you love me. Thank you that you have set me free. Thank you that you have set me free. You've set me free to follow you. You've set me free to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you. There are those of us here, Lord God, that remember what it was like to make that decision. Some of us recently, some of us a long time ago, and we know that every day we have to make that decision to listen to you, to do what you ask us to do, to live wholeheartedly for you. Father, we're sorry for the times when we've let all the busyness of life crowd out your voice. We're sorry for the times when you've asked us to do something and we've ignored you. We're sorry for the times when you've told us so clearly not to do something because it will harm us and we've ignored you again and gone ahead and did our own thing and ended up in a mess. But you are such a loving, wonderful God that you still say to us, I love you. Come back to me. So Father, we come back to you. We say again, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross when you died for us. Thank you that you make us clean. Thank you that you give us wonderful, beautiful robes to wear so that we can stand in your presence and worship you, almighty, wonderful, majestic, holy God. Thank you that you have such good plans for us. And not just for us who know you, but for everybody Lord God, help us to be faithful in speaking about you, spreading this wonderful message of your love to everybody in the world. Let us start where we live, with the people we know, with the people we work with, with our families, and help us to be bold, to show in a loving way that God loves these people, and where necessary to use words. Father God, you are amazing. We thank you this morning. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to praise you, to share this message of your love. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed the beginning bit of that prayer for the first time and you meant it, please talk to the people that you came with or come and talk to me or Mark or anybody else you've seen at the front. And talk about what you've just done. Talk about the decision that you've made. Oh, it went pop. Because that is really, really important. This is the next step in what this exciting adventure you've started on. Come and talk about it and find out more. Get joined to other people who believe the same thing. Get involved in a group. If you live here, get involved in this church. And find out... What an amazing decision you've made and what an exciting journey you have just started on.
And if you've prayed some of the other things, if there's something that's God stirred up in your heart, make yourself accountable to somebody, somebody that you trust who is wise. Go and talk about what you've promised to God so that they will help you do it. So you won't just be hearers of the word, but you'll be doers of the word, yeah?